Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. I hope that the, the heat is starting to break for you, for our listeners in Wisconsin, that you survived the storm system that went through today. We know that hail went through Minnesota and Wisconsin. A lot of deluge of water in some areas. So we hope that the winds and everything, uh, your crops were able to stay safe and you as well. But unfortunately, the market's not staying so safe. A lot of negativity across the board, especially in the soybean complex. We're going to talk about what's happened there in the soybeans uh flip side feeder cattle come up you know corn went down so they're taking advantage of some prices there but lives have kind of seen some mixed numbers as well as those lean hogs today great discussion that we are set to forth with mike zuzalo mike is with global commodity analytics and i think we need to start out with the fact that um there's a lot of issues that are factoring into this market trade and still as you and i've talked many times geopolitical is still kind of on the forefront of everything yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, and producers are, you know, quite honestly, Susan, at this point, getting a little bit tired of the very strong geopolitical signals suggesting we should be building premium into the grain markets, uh, corn and wheat included, not just soybeans. And the weather would suggest that as well at this point. Even the USDA's update for the agriculture and drought this morning. Uh, coming in with a four-point increase in corn drought for the United States at 59%, three-point increase in beans at 53%. Both of those numbers right at about double where they were last year at this time. And it's an interesting dynamic because you have specific states that are anywhere from 60 to 80% in drought. Um, that would include Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska at 86, that tops the list. Wisconsin, you just brought up, they're at 85% in corn drought. Minnesota's at 62% in corn drought. And, you know, the market is not acting like that the um, crop conditions, the good to excellent crop conditions in Minnesota of 54% versus 60 a year ago and uh, 60 last week and 63 a year ago. Um, are indicative of what this market is thinking about. And then you have the bombings. Um, now what I'm hearing in Europe is that Russia's missiles campaign um, has caused pretty significant damage to the grain structure and infrastructure. Um, they're saying 26 buildings at ports, five vessels uh, now shot and blown up. And, uh, you know, this is coming from the infrastructure minister of Ukraine. So all these things you would think would bring about a market that would drive us into a risk premium building up of the price action, but it's done almost the exact opposite, and the beans have been bought and the grains have been sold. I'm thinking that's because of the market not being able to get off the negative demand bus with the grains, but I'm also thinking maybe it's because the Federal Reserve uh, is is what was we had to deal with this uh, middle of the week, and we'll see how we close out Friday. Weekly close is very important to me, as is has it has as it's been for quite some time. Well, there's so many factors that kind of build up throughout the week, and sometimes Friday is a release of tension, or it or it increases what we see in this marketplace. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And you know, from my my level of analysis that I'm looking at right now, and kind of the things that I just threw out at the at the listeners, uh, I, I think corn should be closer to $6. Um, the soft red wheat should be closer to $8 instead of being closer to 5 and 7 respectively. Again, especially since the European Commission came out late on Thursday 
and took the wheat forecast production number for the European Union down by almost 3 million metric tons. And Susan, we're just not trading a market where the world wheat stocks to use ratios are at a nine-year low and the world stocks by themselves without including the demand are at their lowest since 2016. So a six to seven year low, the market just is not working from that mindset at this point, in my opinion. So how much, Mike, of the rally that we saw on Wall Street after the Fed comments yesterday weighed in on the grain and livestock trade? I think quite a bit, but we also had a mixed uh, reaction because we had the Federal Reserve saying, look, we're not done here. We're not being what they call neutral at this stage we we miss we skip a meeting in august come back september we'll probably raise the rate again um and they could go again if they want to and they made that very clear in my opinion yesterday susan i think the key was the gdp number today coming in at a plus 2.4 percent second quarter advanced gdp number um trade was not expecting it to be that hot and we saw the equities the dollar and the crude oil all go lower and the bonds go sharply lower. Well, when you see all four of those things doing that, something's going to have to give. And as we closed out the day, the wheat maintained its negativity, the dollar maintained its strength, the crude oil came off its highs by quite a bit, and the the, uh, stock market was heading towards negative territory as we went on the airwaves to do this Fontenelle final bell. Nice to see the word improvement when it comes to weekly export numbers. Uh, First, looking at this corn. Yes, and I think that would have been a bigger player uh, with 15% above the four-week average. In today's numbers, that would have been, I think, a bigger player uh, had it not been for the strength in the dollar and also that agro-currency, that agro-exchange rate that Argentina's talking about. And they're talking about throwing a lot more corn on the export market to try and bring up their balance sheets in a very quick manner. Uh, I think those are the things that were kind of overwhelming the market, and we couldn't trade the drought issues, couldn't trade this triple-digit heat, and uh, couldn't trade essentially dry weather for the next four to five days uh, unless the European model, which is a bit wetter, uh, those other models, if they're correct, were still going to remain very, very dry heading into the weekend and past the weekend. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we get ready here momentarily to come back with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We've been having a conversation this afternoon with Mike Zuzalo. Mike, again, with Global Commodity Analytics. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about this weather. We know that the second crop in Brazil is continuing to be harvested, but winter is looming for our neighbors in the south. We'll talk more about what weather-wise not only there, but here is going to mean for a crop that hits pollination and pod-filling stage. And we'll take a look at how the livestock is absorbing everything that's going on as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the Channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced Channel Seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select Channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. ARV. So welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation today with Mike Zuzlo. Mike, again, is with Global Commodity Analytics. We were talking, uh, obviously, weather is going to be a big factor, Mike, as we look at this forecast. We're in key pollination for some um, areas of this corn. We know that August, which is hard to believe, is Tuesday. And that means pod filling stage for soybeans. So this heat front we're getting right now, 
Do you see that putting some pressure on, and is it something Chicago's really paying attention to? You know, I think they are, but it's it's a great dynamic you set up there, Susan, because before we had the Federal Reserve and heading into this week, and even going back to the end of May, we've had the beans supercharged compared to the wheat and especially compared to the corn. On May 31st, August soybeans hit a low of below 11.95. We hit a high today of 15.80 and three quarters. That's almost a $3.90 rally or almost a 33% rally since the 1st of June. I think that says to me that we already have a lot of weather premium in the beans and, and probably rightfully so because even though the Brazilian crop is big, we've had a lot of unknown export sales and we've had a lot of fear about how the beans look and how short of stature they are heading into this critical time period, as you say. What I think we're seeing though right now as we head into Friday's close, unless we see the beans, the corn and the wheat join up together and all go higher, I'm fearful that the beans are going to start seasonally going lower because A, they didn't get the support from the corn and wheat. B, the US dollar has been at a 13 month low against the Brazilian currency. That has helped keep the Brazilian prices elevated. And so we've been more competitive um, that looks it maybe looks like it may be changing, and also the Chinese currency in the offshore market has been very very strong, and so their buying power and purchasing power has been very good for the Chinese. That also maybe looks to be changing in this post Federal Reserve environment. So I would suggest to clients and subscribers is that this is a market where we can't have just the beans going up by themselves anymore, especially if this heat doesn't stick around after the first week of August. And as we get to that WASDE report uh, in the middle of the month, if the USDA gives us a big yield cut, does the market go up or has it already been baked into the cake? Almost like what the, we've seen in the cattle market this week since those big biannual numbers were uh, pushed out there. What are you hearing about Brazil's second crop harvest? I haven't seen a lot of real concrete numbers floating around. Yeah, it's picking up. I just saw something today. I didn't look at it in too much depth, but it, it is picking up. The yields are expected to be there. I'm not sure if we're over a 130 crop at this point. I think the trade um, thinks we are, but I'm not sure that we are just because of some of the areas that got planted late and had a real dry spell. But I think this is where um, that agro-currency that Argentina's talking about and pushing more uh, corn out the door, it, it's much more damaging to the corn and the feed grains than it is the soy because they're just talking about small volumes of uh, sunseed oil and vegetable oils and really next to no soybeans. But South America as a whole is a still a negative force in our price action, especially if we rally. But as I said, I think we could get to $6 corn and not really lose too much business because we've really not had that much anyway. Switch gears, let's head over to the livestock side. Is there some maybe areas of hesitation, shall we say, with these live cattle? I mean, cash has been kind of interesting this week and, and then we end up with a mixed type of trade for a Thursday. Yeah, I think so. And I think the charts are kind of suggesting that. As I said a second ago, it seems like to me that the, the cattle numbers, the biannual numbers, even though they looked very, very bullish because they're historic, the trade was expecting it. And they had a lot of premium in those back-end cattle. Um, I, I get a sense that because the August contract today on Thursday in the fat cattle market closed back below or right at its June high of 178.10, that we're really close to kind of like the soybeans 
um, looking at a market that may be getting a little bit tired and a little bit run down at this point, especially with the fund length in the market. So I'd say that 177, 177.50 area in August, uh, there's a major trend line drawn off the May lows. I'd like to see that hold as we close out this week. And I guess the other thing I would say is we've seen a lot of strength coming out of the hog market to support the fat cattle. Very strong price relationship, almost positive 90% between lead month hogs and lead month cattle on a 10-week basis here recently. And so this run-up in the hogs has been very very friendly to the cattle, if you ask me. And that, too, kind of like the soybeans, maybe getting ready to have a seasonal top because that BLT seasonal, that belly-led rally that we've had, tends to peak out in that early to mid-August time period. All right, Mike, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Best way is globalcomresearch.com. It's globalcom with two M's, research.com. And uh, take a look at a trial and sign up for free for a two-week trial and take a look at our product services. All right. Thanks so much. Mike Suzel has been joining us today. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. That's been the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you today by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe for your free podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.